Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays on the Podbean app, which you can download onto your smartphone. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. Hey, this is episode 37 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, December 2nd. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't let me say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having very serious negative reactions to the vaccines. This really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. Now, before I get to the big breaking news about Pfizer this morning, let me tell you, if you have tried to buy a car recently, you realize there is such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership right in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom. The freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has an Explore Payment Options button. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personal payment options, personalized payment options. You have full control over All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payments work best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now, that having been said, some... um. Some huge news today. Some huge news today um, about Pfizer. And I got it. I guess I need to put this on Twitter so everybody knows what's going on. Um, Let me see if I can just take. Nope, that's the wrong thing. No, that's the right thing. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, we're we're doing this. It's kind of like trying to. Change the tires on a 57 Chevy going down the closest interstate to where you live uh, while you're doing about eh, 55 miles an hour. So let me grab this. Court orders FDA to release confidential report on Pfizer 
COVID vaccine trials. Over 1,200 deaths in the first three months. Mainstream media blackout. Also, find out which members of Congress voted to let feds track whether you're vaccinated on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. Now, I'm going to try to put this on Twitter even as we speak, and you can only get so many so many characters. Okay. All right. So we'll take a... Let's see. We'll take a... Take the word episode out, and I think we might have room. No, we still have... Okay. Let me change uh, T-H-R-E-E to three, to three, and we'll change um, – see, Twitter only lets you have so many characters. Um, okay, okay, we're going to change this word here. Whether you're vaccinated – how about your vaccinated vaccination status? I wonder if that will fit in. We got to put this on Twitter. I apologize for the inconvenience. Uh, let me see your vaccination status. Okay, that's still too many. That's still too many. Over twelve hundred first mainstream media blackout. Uh, we'll just drop the mainstream media blackout because that's too many. Um, That's too many characters. Does that work? Yeah, okay, we're going to tweet that. All right, now, let me tell you what I'm talking about here. This is um, this is some outrageous stuff. And I don't know, I guess the mainstream media is going to have to talk about it sooner or later. But they're certainly ignoring it right now. Uh, there's there's an organization out there, uh, and and a lot of uh, a lot of high profile names are in this organization. Doctor Harvey Risch, epidemiologist from uh, from Yale. Doctor Andrew Boston. Uh, we've got uh, Doctor Peter McCullough. A lot of people familiar with him. And they uh, they have this this confidential report from the Pfizer vaccine trials that the FDA wanted to keep confidential for fifty five years, and a judge ordered them to release this. And so it's out there now. And. Between December 2020 and the end of February 2021, Pfizer received 1,223 reports of deaths allegedly caused by their jab, 23 cases of spontaneous abortions out of 270 pregnancies, 2,000 reports of heart disorders, and we're trying to figure out a way to get this, uh, to get this thing online because I know everybody's going to want to look at it. But let me get the uh, 
Let me get the name of the organization real quick for you because you're going to want to look online at, at, at the organization, phmpt.org, and I can't remember what it stands for. I'm going to just type it in here, phmpt.org. People are getting banned on social media for even sharing this. Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. It's a nonprofit made up of public health professionals, medical professionals, scientists, and journalists that exists solely to obtain and disseminate the data relied upon by the FDA to license COVID-19 vaccines. The organization takes no position on the data other than that it should be made publicly available to allow independent experts to conduct their own review and analyses. Any data received will be made public on this website. Okay? Now, that having been said, we've got court documents. We've got Pfizer's documents. And uh, the Pfizer documents are, are damning. They're damning. What I'm going to do, the, the, the only, this is crazy, the only media outlet even conservative media outlet out there that's even talking about this is the Gateway Pundit. And that's kind of scary. But they've got the link. See, I was trying to figure out how do I get, how do I get a PDF? How do I share that on social media, PDF? Well, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier if Somebody else has already embedded it in their article. And so that's why we turn to the Gateway Pundit. Court orders FDA to comply with FOIA and release information on Pfizer vaccine. First batch of documents shows over 1,200 vaccine deaths within the first 90 days. This is uh, Julian Conradson over at the Gateway Pundit. The FDA released the first batch of documents related to Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine after a federal judge ordered that they must comply with a massive Freedom of Information Act request that was filed by a government accountability group called Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. That's the, I just told you about their website a moment ago. The esteemed group of more than 30 professors and scientists asked the federal government to share any and all data that factored into the agency's hasty decision to grant Pfizer's experimental mRNA vaccine an emergency use authorization, which amounts to a trove of over 329,000 documents. In a shameless effort to bury the information, the FDA challenged the FOIA request in court after the agency was told it must turn over the documents. Justice Department lawyers representing the FDA asked the federal judge to allow them an unthinkable 55 years to process the request saying they would be able to release just 500 pages a month. In other words, Elon Musk would make it to Mars way before the documents would be fully released in the year 2076. A motion that was also filed by the same group of doctors and scientists is currently pending in federal court that would force the FDA to expedite processing and releasing these documents. Wow. 
Meanwhile, the FDA still has to comply with the original order to begin turning over documents. Lo and behold, the first release is a bombshell. According to an official Pfizer document that is titled Cumulative Analysis of Post-Authorization Adverse Event Records Reports, in just the first 90 days of the vaccine's rollout under the FDA's emergency use authorization from December 1st, 2020 through February 28th, 2021, there were tens of thousands of reported adverse reactions, including over 1,200 deaths. The report only included adverse events to the vaccine that researchers considered serious cases. There were thousands more submissions that were left out of this data. Any cases deemed non-serious would be processed within 90 days, but there's a but this report was released before 90 days of Pfizer's vaccine being available had even passed. Due to the large numbers of spontaneous adverse event reports received for the product, the MAH has prioritized the processing of serious cases in order to meet expedited regulatory reporting timelines and ensure these reports are available for signal detection and evaluation activity. Non-serious cases are processed as soon as possible and no later than 90 days from receipt. Pfizer has also taken multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase of adverse event reports. That's a little quote there. In all, the report states that there were a total of 42,086 case reports of individuals who had an adverse reaction to Pfizer's vaccines worldwide, Pfizer's vaccine worldwide, the one vaccine with the largest number, 13,739 coming from the U.S. and 13,404 from the U.K. According to the documents, women at almost 30,000 were over three times more likely to experience a reaction than men, a little over 9,000. A total of 1,223 individuals had a fatal reaction to the experimental Pfizer vaccine. So the Gateway Pundit is asking, how did the FDA not immediately pull the experimental jab out of circulation, let alone grant multiple extensions of the emergency use authorization to Pfizer while working with the fraudulent Biden regime to push a needle into the arm of every single American? The document also makes it clear that the data only includes recorded adverse events, which even the author admits is likely just a portion of the true number of adverse reactions that took place. Again, keep in mind this is within the first 90 days of the Pfizer vaccine's availability. So December 2020, January 2021, and February 2021. Now, uh, they link to some Twitter stuff from a Twitter profile that has already been banned. Why am I not surprised? Why am I not surprised? All right, from the Pfizer document, quote, 
Reports are submitted voluntarily, and the magnitude of underreporting is unknown. Some of the factors that may influence whether an event is reported include length of time since marketing, market share of the drug, publicity about a drug or an AE, adverse event, seriousness of the reaction, regulatory actions, awareness by health professionals and consumers of adverse drug event reporting and litigation. So Pfizer's confidential COVID-19 vaccine adverse reaction review ends with thousands of conditions that are of special interest and could possibly develop after taking their experimental jab. The single-spaced typed list continues for an astonishing nine pages, yet somehow the paper concludes that the review of available data was good enough and demonstrated a favorable benefit-risk balance for the rushed vaccine. So what's the benefit-risk balance on a virus that has a 99.9% recovery rate? The benefit, at least for Pfizer, is clear. It doesn't matter how many otherwise healthy lives are lost. They're cashing in to the tune of $1,000 per second with a projected $36 billion in profit this year from the vaccine alone. It's criminal. It's criminal. And it says the full document can be found here. And so we click on the link. And indeed, we open up the full document. The Gateway Pundit concludes, the FDA clearly agreed with Pfizer extending the emergency use authorization despite the high number of deaths and serious reactions in the short amount of time Pfizer's jab had been available. What else are they hiding? Okay, so tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and, and share this on my Facebook page and on Twitter So if you want to follow along, if you want to scroll down and open up the PDF, you can. Let's see. Let's see. You're going to want to look at this. Put that on Facebook. It's unusual that I do this while I'm doing the show, but this is breaking stuff that started breaking like right before we started the show today. I'm so used to saying going on the air, but we're not actually on the air. (laughs) On the air, those words um, imply that you're either doing a live radio or television show. So, okay, we'll go ahead and tweet it also. Now, I've opened up the PDF, which is entitled 5.3.6 Cumulative Analysis of Post-Authorization Adverse Event Reports of, and they have a real long number there, received through 28 February 2021. Report prepared by Worldwide Safety Pfizer 
The information contained in this document is proprietary and confidential. Any disclosure, reproduction, distribution, or other dissemination of this information outside of Pfizer, its affiliates, its licensees, or regulatory agencies is strictly prohibited until the court ordered otherwise. Except as may be otherwise agreed to in writing by accepting or reviewing these materials, you agree to hold such information in confidence and not to disclose it to others except when except where required by, uh, by applicable law, nor to use it for unauthorized purposes. Well, sorry, but the court ordered you to release it. I'm going to scroll down here to page 7. Table 1 below presents the main characteristics of the overall cases of adverse events. And uh, case outcome, and they have a number for people who had recovered or were recovering. They have a number for recovered with sequelae. All right, what is that word? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can get a definition. I've never seen that word before. It's like sequel with A-E attached to the end of it. A condition which is the consequence of a previous disease or injury. Okay, all right. They have a large number not recovered at the time of report, which is over 11,000 people. They have unknown case outcome. 9,400 people, but fatal, fatal people who died from this, 1,223. Now, I'm here to tell you, in the past, in this country, vaccines have been taken off the market. Drugs have been taken off the market for far fewer fatalities than 1,223. Just so you know. Just so you know. As shown in figure one, the system organ classes that contained the greatest number of events in the overall data set were general disorders and administration site conditions. Over 51,000 adverse events. Nervous system disorders, almost 26,000. Musculoskeletal and connective tissue disorders, over 17,000. Gastrointestinal disorders, over 14,000. Skin and and subcutaneous tissue disorders, almost 8,500. Respiratory, thoracic, and mediastinal disorders, over 88,000, pardon me, over 8,800, infections and infestations, over 4,600, injury, poisoning, and procedural complications, almost 5,600, and investigations, whatever that means, almost 3,700. But fatalities, on Pfizer's own form here, 
1,223 known fatalities from the Pfizer vaccine from December 1st, 2020 through February 28th, 2021. So, if you want, you can go on Twitter or you can go on my Facebook and you can click on this thing from the Gateway Pundit. And if you're one of those people who says, well, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Twitter, I don't want to, fine. You can type in thegatewaypundit.com on your internet there. And when it opens up, you can scroll down. So let's see if I'm, uh, okay, I'm not banned from Twitter yet. Let's see if I'm, uh, Banned from Facebook yet. Um, no. Of course, when you put it on Facebook, they put this warning down at the bottom of it. Visit the COVID-19 Information Center for Vaccine Resources. Get vaccine info. I'm probably shadow banned on Twitter and Facebook. I got one comment I posted 25 minutes ago. Court orders FDA to release confidential report on Pfizer COVID vaccine trials, over 1,200 deaths in the first three months, mainstream media blackout. Also find out which members of Congress voted to let feds track whether you're vaccinated on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, so on that, which I... uh, Posted on Facebook 25 minutes ago. We got one like and one comment, so I'm probably shadow banned here. They're probably throttling this. The the one comment says, 1,200 deaths and otherwise healthy people who received the vaccine or 1,200 people who received it then died. They are not the same, especially when the first wave of vaccines was focused on those of very advanced age with many in nursing homes. Aha, well... Let's look, shall we? Let's look. Because the overwhelming majority of relevant cases here were people aged 31 to 50. So, that doesn't sound like nursing home folks. I'm saying... Doesn't sound like nursing home folks. Anyway, so last night, there was a vote in the U.S. House of Representatives. And let me tell you what this vote was all about. Breitbart had it. Exclusive tool to enforce Orwellian rules. 80 House Republicans helped pass bill to fund federal vaccination database. 80 House Republicans voted with Democrats on Tuesday 
to pass the, okay, I'm sorry, it was night before last, to pass the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act, which if passed by the Senate and signed into law, would fund a federal vaccination database. According to the bill, also called H.R. 550, the government would provide $400 million in taxpayer dollars to fund immunization system data modernization and expansion, a system otherwise defined as a confidential population-based computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any healthcare provider to persons within the geographic area covered by that database. The text specifically outlines an expansion of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and Public Health Department capabilities and the ability for state and local health departments, as well as public and private health care providers, to share health data with the federal government. In a statement, the bill's main sponsor, Democrat Representative Ann Cooster, New Hampshire, said the system would be used to remind patients when they are due for a recommended vaccine and identify areas with low vaccination rates to ensure equitable distribution of vaccines. Notably, the bill had four Republican co-sponsors, Representatives Larry Buckshin, Republican Indiana, James Baird, Republican Indiana, David McKinley, Republican West Virginia, and Brian Fitzpatrick, Republican Pennsylvania. Not one Democrat voted in opposition to the bill. Representative Mary Miller, Republican Illinois, who is one of the 130 Republicans to vote no, told Breitbart News exclusively on Wednesday that the legislation would enable the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans who will be targeted and forced to comply with Biden's crazy global vaccination vision. Representative Miller said these systems are designed to allow for the sharing of crucial information and maintenance of records, do we really trust the government to protect our medical records? The bill's author even bragged in a press release that these systems will help the government remind patients when they're due for a recommended vaccine and identify areas with low vaccination rates to ensure equitable distribution of vaccines. This was clearly a legislative tool to enforce vaccine mandates and force their Orwellian rules onto those who do not comply. Representative Byron Donalds, Republican Florida, also voted no on the bill, citing Democrats' habitual pattern of reckless and wasteful spending in an exclusive interview to Breitbart News. The congressman said the legislation only serves to expand the power of the federal government and trample individual rights. Congressman Donald said this legislation would unnecessarily appropriate millions of taxpayer funds intended to expand bureaucracy in Washington, a database solely created to record and collect confidential vaccination information of Americans explicitly encroaches upon individuals' fundamental right to medical privacy. As a fiscal conservative, I cannot in good faith support legislation that contributes to the Democrats' habitual pattern of reckless 
and wasteful spending and the intrusive, heavy hand of government. Congresswoman Miller noted the legislation paves the way for the government to give blue states millions in taxpayer funds to enforce vaccine mandates. According to the bill's text, the government could award grants and cooperative agreements to health departments or other local governmental entities for agreeing to adopt the new data collection guidelines set by the CDC. Any agencies hoping to receive a grant must agree to comply with security standards to protect personal health information. Yeah, right. I'm sure they're going to police that. The government may also develop public-private partnerships to help with technical assistance, training, and related implementation support. When Breitbart News asked Congresswoman Miller if public-private partnerships could potentially obscure data collection activities from the public, she said the government cannot be trusted to be transparent. She said the government has become so large, you cannot expect them to keep anything private anymore. There's hardly any congressional oversight into studies these agencies conduct. Now, this guy Cooster, one of the uh, Republican co-sponsors, he's urging the Senate to quickly pass the legislation, saying the pandemic showed just how underprepared the country's vaccine infrastructure is. I'm sorry, Cooster's a female. She emphasized that the legislation would help better prepare healthcare systems for future public health crises. She said in part, quoting now, COVID-19 pulled back the curtain on our vaccination systems and highlighted the urgent need for upgrades. I'm proud the House passed my Bipartisan Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act to expand the enrollment and training of vaccine providers, update public health information technology to efficiently manage vaccine supply and allow patients and providers to communicate securely in real time, unquote. But Congresswoman Miller contended the government has no reason to collect more vaccination data on Americans. She said, as I've said many times before, the government is not your doctor. The federal government has no business inserting itself into private health care matters of Americans. There is no reason for them to collect this data. It is an affront to our liberties and health freedoms. This kind of legislation is always passed because the government has its hands in everything nowadays, often at the expense of the freedoms and privacy of Americans. The bill, This bill would allow the government to collect, study, and share your private health data. There are endless ways the government could potentially use that information against you purposefully and even accidentally. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Now, what we're about to do is share with you the names of the 80 Republican members of the U.S. House who voted for this monstrosity, this federal vaccination database, which could be used to come after you if you refuse to get the vaccine for the China virus. It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous.
and every one of the Republicans that voted for it needs to be primaried. And some of them already are being primaried. But, of course, uh, the top states that download this podcast are Arkansas, Texas, California, New York, Colorado. We'll let you know in just a few moments how your members of Congress voted on this, okay? First, let me mention to you, it's uh, interesting that health care is so much in the news these days. You know, Hillary tried to pass Hillary Care in 93, and uh, thank God at the time, Republicans in Congress were able to, uh, to stop that, but they weren't able to stop Obama from passing Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act in 2009. Of course, it was a lie. It wasn't affordable. Actually made your health care more expensive, didn't it? Does your health insurance premium right now feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of these questions, there's a website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. My friend Art Wilborn runs this website. And when you go to MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, the first thing you see in big, bold letters is affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No copays. And you see all that and you're like, oh, where can I sign up? Well, it's neat. There's a button right below that that says schedule call now. And so that's what you need to click on. And here's the really great thing with Art Wilborn's website, myfamilyhealthplan.com. Unlike with government health insurance, you're not forced to cover things that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs. There's no abortion in your personalized health coverage. The website is myfamilyhealthplan.com. Go to that website, book a free consultation, and my buddy Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage either. Affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, and no copays. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. All right, now. That having been said, let me get the the roll call. The roll call on bill number HR 550, the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act. And let's see. Let's see which Republicans voted to help the Democrats put the power of the federal government down your throat if you have chosen not to get the vaccine for the China virus. Okay, 
We're going down alphabetically. And let's see, who is the first Republican to vote with the Democrats on this? Uh, Bacon of Nebraska. And then there's Baird of Indiana. And then there's Banks of Indiana. And then there's Barr of Kentucky. Okay, we go through some Democrats here. Go through some more Democrats. Bill Arrakis of Florida is the next Republican to vote with the Democrats for this federal vaccine database to keep track of you. All right, who else we have? Some more Democrats, some more Republicans who voted against it. Uh, let me see, more Democrats. Uh, Buckshan of Indiana, another Republican voting for this. Burgess of Texas. See, I thought uh, Texans were like uh, uh, pro-freedom. Okay, more Democrats, more Republicans voting against it. Uh, Carl of Alabama. Can you believe this? Jerry Carl, Republican Alabama, says, well, I think I'm going to vote for this thing. Yeah, I think I'm going to vote for a national vaccination uh, database to keep, keep a track of y'all. Now, I don't know what he really sounds like. I'm looking at his picture, and I'm, I'm thinking that's what he would sound like. Um, <clears throat> Carter of Georgia. Really? See, I thought the southern states were supposed to be um, freedom-oriented. Nope, this is Buddy Carter. Southeast Georgia. Republican. Votes for the National Vaccine Database. Votes along with all the Democrats. That's disgusting. Oh, Carter of Texas? The other Republican Carter votes for it too? John Carter? Round Rock, Texas? That guy's no conservative. You can't be a conservative and vote for this. I'm sorry. You can't be a conservative and vote for this. Well, of course Liz Cheney voted for it. She's going to lose her seat anyway out of Wyoming in the Republican primary coming up in the spring. Of course she voted for it. Let's see. Who's the next Republican who voted for it? Cole out of Oklahoma. Comer out of Kentucky. Who else? Of course, Dan Crenshaw, globalist, rhino Republican out of Texas. Of course, he's going to vote for it. Is he being primaried? I sure hope he's being primaried. Uh, Curtis out of Utah votes for it. Let's see, who's next Republican? Rodney Davis out of Illinois votes for this monstrosity, this national vaccine database to keep tabs on you. Oh, uh, Diaz Ballart out of South Florida. Of course, he's going to vote for it. He's a rhino. Okay, 
uh, done out of Florida votes for it. Wait a minute. Is that Dr. Neil Dunn? The guy who refuses to do uh, town halls? The guy out of Panama City? Yes, it is. That's messed up, Neil. I hope he gets a primary opponent. I mean, he deserves a primary opponent on that alone. On that alone. Yeah, that's a... that's a congressman for the area that I used to live in. Okay, who who is the next Republican to vote for this national vaccine database? Got a lot of Republicans voting against it. Oh, Fitzpatrick in Pennsylvania, Rhino, uh, Fleischman, Tennessee, Rhino, Fortenberry, Nebraska, Rhino. Let's see, who's the next one? Okay, we're going through a lot of Democrats here, going through a lot of Republicans who voted against it. God bless them. I'm seeing I'm seeing Republicans from New York and California voting against this. There's no excuse for Republicans from red states voting for it. And yet, Carlos Jimenez... South Florida, Rhino, votes for it. No excuse. You need to be primaried. Tony Gonzalez, Texas, votes for it. Gonzalez out of Ohio votes for it. Let's see. Who's the next? Okay. Uh, Graves out of Missouri votes for the National Vaccine Database. A Republican voting like a Democrat. Guthrie out of Kentucky votes for it. I'll tell you, one Republican out of Kentucky, I guarantee he didn't vote for it, and that's Thomas Massey. I guarantee he voted against this mess. Okay, let's see. Who's the next Republican voting for it? Herrera Butler out of Washington. Isn't that one of the handful of Republicans that voted to impeach Trump? Yes, it is. Man, I hope she gets uh, primaried. All these Republicans voting for this monstrosity need to be primaried. French Hill. French Hill. Little Rock, Arkansas votes for a national vaccine database so the feds can come after you for not being vaccinated. And thank God he's got a primary opponent, Colonel Conrad Reynolds. French Hill needs to be sent back home. He needs to be kicked out of Washington, D.C. He needs to be kicked out of Congress. You can do it. You can help. Go to electconrad.com. Make a financial contribution there. Electconrad.com for Conrad Reynolds. That is the... He is the primary opponent for French Hill. I thought French Hill said he was a fiscal conservative. Yeah, he did. I guess that's one of the things he lied about. Okay, who's next? Ashley Henson from Marion, Iowa, votes for the National 
vaccine database so the feds can keep track of your vaccination status. That's inexcusable. There's no excuse for this. Oh, wait, no way. No way. Richard Hudson out of Concord, North Carolina. That's uh, the first radio station I ever worked at was in Concord, North Carolina. It's a real conservative area. He needs to be primaried. He needs to be primaried voting for this. I don't know. How do you say this guy's name? Bill Hazinga, Michigan, votes for the National Vaccine Database. No excuse for it. Jacobs out of New York votes for it. I'm just telling you Republicans, it's all the Democrats voted for it. Bill Johnson out of Marietta, Ohio votes for it. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Joyce out of Ohio votes for it. David Joyce. No excuse. All these guys need to be primaried. Joyce out of Pennsylvania votes for it. Katke out of New York votes for it. Keller out of Pennsylvania votes for it. Okay, we go through a bunch more Democrats who go through some Republicans who voted against it. Young Kim. La Habra, California votes for it. I thought she's supposed to be a conservative. I guess not. Needs to be primaried. Of course, of course, Adam Kinzinger, the great never-Trumper, the great liberal Republican in name only, who's losing his seat in Illinois, who's not going to run against. Of course, he votes for it. He's a lame duck. He doesn't care about you. Wait a minute. David Kustoff, Tennessee, votes for it? Germantown, Tennessee, really? No excuse, sir. No excuse. Oh, LaHood. LaHood out of Illinois. Darren LaHood votes for it. Guy needs to be primaried. My Illinois listeners, this guy needs to be primaried. All right, you got a bunch more Democrats who all voted for it. I'm just going down to alphabetically here. Um, let's see, Republicans voting against it. That's good. I don't want to miss anybody. Oh, you got to be kidding me. What a disappointment. Debbie Lesko, the suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona votes for it. It's, uh, it's very disappointing there. Rutrow Letlow, Julia Letlow, out of Louisiana votes for it. 
It's a real disappointment. That Louisiana was supposed to be uh, conservative. Okay, let's see, go through a bunch more Democrats who all voted for it. And then we get to uh, Billy Long, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. Votes for the National Vaccine Database. So the feds can keep track on you. Loudermilk out of Georgia didn't vote for some reason. I don't know, man. Lucas out of Oklahoma votes for it. Luke Meyer out of Missouri votes for it. Let's see, who's next? Okay, got some Republicans voting against it. All the Democrats voting for it. Uh, Let's see, who's the next Republican voting for it? Kevin McCarthy. How about that? He's the guy who wants to be your speaker, but he's anti-freedom. Kevin McCarthy. Right there. Right there. That's the reason this guy needs to be sent home packing. He needs to be primaried. Not just lose the speakership. He needs to be sent home packing, primaried. There's no excuse for this. No excuse for this whatsoever. Michael McCall, Austin, Texas. Anti-freedom votes for it. I'm telling you, this is outrageous. Who's the next Republican voting for the National Vaccine Database? Lisa McLean. Lisa McLean out of Michigan votes for it. Her official picture, she's hardly got her eyes open. I don't know what the deal is on that. Uh, No, no, well, no, that's a whole other show. Patrick McHenry, North Carolina. See, I thought he was supposed to be uh, a conservative. Hometown Lake Norman, my old stomping grounds. He votes for it. Needs to be primaried. I ain't gonna lie, fan. Needs to be primaried. David B. McKinley, West Virginia. Pseudo conservative. Votes for the National Vaccine Database. Okay, then there's a uh, Meyer out of Michigan voting for it. Okay, let's scroll on down. See who else we got. Okay, a lot of Democrats voting for it, a lot of Republicans voting against it. Uh, Miller Meeks out of Iowa voted for it. She was in a death struggle in the general election last November. She won her seat by just a handful of votes. And then she goes, turns around, and stabs everybody in the back. Okay, the next Republican voting for it, more out of Utah. Then we've got, uh, man, another one from North Carolina. Gregory Murphy, representing coastal North Carolina, hometown Greenville, North Carolina, votes for it. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely inexcusable. Newhouse out of Washington State, the next Republican voting for it. Uh, Let's see, who we got next? A bunch of Republicans voting against it, a bunch of Democrats voting for it. A Burgess Owens, Utah. I thought he was supposed to be conservative. He wants the feds to keep track of your vaccination status. 
That's great, Burgess. That's just fantastic, buddy. Great job, you knucklehead. Steve Palazzo, Mississippi. Really? Hometown Biloxi. Really? Wants the feds to be able to keep track of your vaccination status. Thought you were, uh, thought you were a conservative. What's wrong with you? They think you're not paying attention. That's what's wrong. Gary J. Palmer, hometown Hoover, Alabama, votes to keep to let the feds have $400 million to keep track of your vaccination status. That's messed up, y'all. Oh, Mike Pence's brother, Greg Pence, Columbus, Indiana. He votes for the federal vaccine database. Okay, let's go through a bunch more Democrats all voted for it. Some Republicans voting against it. That's good. Okay, next Republican voting for it. Uh, Reed out of New York. Then Guy Reschenthaler out of Pennsylvania. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Rogers out of Washington State voted for it. Rogers out of Alabama voted for it. Rogers out of Kentucky voted for it. All the Republican Rogers voted for it. Let's see who else. Salazar, Republican in name only, Florida voted for it. Steve Scalise, Louisiana, didn't vote. Don't know why. Schweikert out of Arizona voted for it. A uh, <laughs> bunch more Democrats in here. Some more Republicans voting against it. God bless them for that. Chris Smith? Supposedly pro-life Chris Smith, New Jersey, votes for it? Man, man. Chris Smith never misses an opportunity to screw things up. Uh, Smucker out of Pennsylvania votes for it. Let's see, who else we got here? Stauber out of Minnesota votes for it. Okay, we got a bunch more Republicans voting against it. Good, good, good. Democrats voting for it. What do you expect? Uh, Stewart out of Utah votes for it. Did all the Republican representatives out of Utah vote for this monstrosity? It's beginning to look like it. Okay, who's the next Republican voting for it? Thompson out of Pennsylvania votes for it. Okay, we've got a bunch more Democrats in here. Turner out of Ohio votes for it. Of course, Fred Upton, longtime liberal Republican out of Michigan, he's going to vote for it. Uh, let's see, there are bound to be some more, a bunch of more Democrats in here. Wagner out of Missouri votes for it. More Democrats, more Republicans voting against it. Uh, Winstrup, out of Ohio, votes for it. Bruce Westerman. Bruce Westerman represents southern and western Arkansas. Very conservative area. I'm sure a lot of these people are not vaccinated. Your congressman just voted to let the feds come down on you like a ton of bricks to try to make you get vaccinated. 
Now, I know we have a lot of listeners in southern and western Arkansas. What are you going to do about this? Somebody going to get up on his hind legs and primary Bruce Westerman? The Republican primary this coming spring on this one vote alone, you should be able to be, you should be able to beat him. You should be able to beat him on this one vote alone. Joe Wilson, South Carolina, you know, used to be a conservative hero. He was a guy who said, "You lie," when Obama said that Obamacare was not going to cover illegals. No hero anymore, Joe. Not even going to vote for this. Uh Uh-uh. No, sir. Not even close. Steve Womack, Republican out of Northwest Arkansas, who does have a primary opponent. He voted for it. Outrageous. Last but not least, Don Young, who's been in the U.S. House of Representatives longer than anybody else. Republican out of Alaska, who believes he's bulletproof. Seriously. Don Young, how old is he? He's been around forever. He's going nowhere. They'll probably have to carry him out toes up. Be just like Strom Thurmond in the Senate. Nobody's going to touch him. Should, though. If he votes for this. Outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. Look, what we try to do here what we try to do here is tell you the truth about what's going on and talk about a lot of stuff that's being ignored by all the media. Not just the liberal media, all the media. You think Fox News is talking about these uh, deaths from the Pfizer vaccine? No. No. Let's see. Somebody here says, uh, who's listening live, says, ready for a Stasi Soviet KGB database on everyone? It's coming. And gives a link. So I'm going to open the link and see what we got here. Creative Destruction Media. Florida 27's Maria Salazar betrays American patriots and votes to track the unvaccinated with Nazi tyrannical database. Well, she's not the only one. She's not the only one. Okay, this is another article, kind of like the one that I just shared with you. Okay. All right, uh, let's let's look at some more of the uh, the comments here for people listening live on the Podbean app. It says, Doc, they can give mine to a starving pygmy in Africa. Wait a minute, they get hydroxychloroquine already and ivermectin over there, so they don't need it. Okay, so uh, uh, Janie W. says, send gift. Times one to Doc Washman 39. Apparently, when you do that, and it's not really a monetary thing, I don't know what it is, but apparently when you do that, that allows us to stay on the air on the Podbean app a little bit longer. They tend to cut us off at about two hours and six minutes. If enough people 
click this thing that says send gift. And again, it's, it's not even uh, money. I don't know what it is, but we get to stay on a little bit longer because they cut us off at two, two hours and six minutes. If I go past that, it's on the download later. It's just not, can't just listen live. Okay. Somebody says, mark my word. They will eventually deny our Medicare. If we're not vaccinated, I will not comply. I'm not going to comply either. I'm absolutely not going to comply either. Somebody else says, I keep hoping that one day, instead of talking about real life insanity, that you'll be able to, to move to more fun, less serious issues. But no, they're multiplying. Well, hey, we had some fun with uh, Jussie Smollett on Monday's show. I don't know if you missed that. We had a lot of fun with that. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. We had what... Uh, Dave Chappelle said about Jussie. Yeah, what uh, Charles Barkley said about Jussie. Yeah, that was. Hey, I, I I take the humor where I can find it. You know. We had the burnt pie yesterday. The woman blaming uh Marie Calendar. I thought that was hilarious. Okay, now. Let's take a look at this. You know what? I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's time. Um, is this how it works? We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Ah, yes. Tweet of the Day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. The nationwide car dealer in the middle of America that believes in freedom, your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy it online, do the whole thing online, and they will deliver it to your front door. Let's go to the tweet of the day. This is some funny stuff here. Uh, RNC Research. Exposing the lies, hypocrisy, and failed far-left policies of Joe Biden and the Democrat Party managed by the Republican National Committee. And they have, from just a little bit ago this morning, a question and answer with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Okay? And uh, <laughs> you're going to love this. Here, let me, uh, let me turn this up, and we'll check it out. So when I- oh, oh, oh. No, I got to open that up separately because... Uh, it likes to refresh on me. All right, here we go. So when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, a Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean, do you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Go ahead. So when I- <laughs> you idiot. Little Red Lying Hood. You catch that, Jen Psaki? Let's do it again. So when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, a Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean, do you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. How's that for a tweet of the day, huh? I mean, good grief. How's that? 
for a tweet of the day. That's incredible. She's literally saying the pandemic is causing people to steal things from stores. Um, you know, she may as well, she may as well blame it on, uh, climate change, you know, why not? Why not blame it on climate change? You're going to blame it on the, on the, on the pandemic. Anyway, be that as it may, today's tweet of the day is brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the national car dealer in the middle of the USA who believes in freedom, your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to, and they'll deliver it to your door. Thank you, RedRiverYourWay.com, for sponsoring the tweet of the day. Now, where's that other thing from? Um, where's that other thing from Saki? Because, yeah, 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 yeah. Peter Ducey was asking her. Peter Ducey was asking her about when Biden said that if uh, that, that Trump no longer deserves to be president because how many people died from COVID and now more people have died from COVID under Biden this year than, than all last year. Uh, we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. But here's, here's Biden from, uh, from earlier this week. And the president Trump in, in, instituted the travel restrictions was a real shock to European allies. Are you Unlike Trump, I don't shock our allies. Really? I think he shocked our allies in Afghanistan. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. And you shocked our European allies. I'm old enough to remember when Politico just a few months ago had the headline, Disbelief and Betrayal. Europe reacts to Biden's Afghanistan miscalculation. Yeah. Unlike Trump, I don't shock our allies. Really? Really? Yeah, that's... Uh, no, he didn't. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. Ralph Northam, one of the old school, old time Democrats, you know. Ralph Northam, when he was running for lieutenant governor, the uh, Republican candidate for lieutenant governor was a black gentleman, and Ralph Northam refused to shake his hand at the debate because Ralph Northam is an old, old-time racist Democrat, you know, who posed in blackface with a fellow with a Klan hood on in his, uh, in his uh, medical school annual as a grown man, Ralph Northam. His uh, med school annual said Ralph Northam's uh, nickname was a coon man, don't you know? So Ralph Northam, 
uh, goes out there on the Twitter and says, a reminder to the Supreme Court, reproductive rights equals human rights. In that uh, case out of Mississippi that the Supreme Court is hearing, Ralph Northam wanted to call them on the carpet, as it were, because he's one of them old-line racist uh, Democrats who, as far as he's concerned, as far as he's concerned, the, 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 the more abortions you have among the colored folk, the better. That, that's where Ralph Northam is coming from. Now, I'm old enough to remember when Ralph Northam was doing a, a radio interview a few years ago, old-line Southern Democrat Ralph Northam, and uh, WTOP Washington, D.C., the big news radio station up there. And they asked Ralph Northam about a bill about abortion that was in the Virginia legislature, and it went something like this. There's no exception. There was a very contentious committee hearing yesterday when Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions, as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and, and explain her answer? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but um, I will tell you one, uh, first thing I would say, this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that, that are involved. Um, there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. So wait a minute, Governor Northam, are you saying that the, the mother who wants the abortion done consents to the abortion? Are you saying that this butcher you call a physician consents to what he's doing? Is, is that... Okay, so there's consent on both parts, like we're idiots. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe <clears throat> deformities. There may, be As he knows, it's also done for convenience. Yeah. It's done in cases where there not, may not be severe deformities. But, but watch what he's saying here. If there's going to be some kind of birth defect, then kill the baby. That's what old line Democrat Governor Ralph Northam is saying be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable so in this particular example he's lying there are plenty of healthy babies third trimester who are aborted uh, if a mother is in labor i can tell you exactly uh, what would happen um, the infant would be delivered uh, the infant would be kept comfortable uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired so how would the infant be kept comfortable if he or she is not resuscitated, you idiot. And you think you have the moral authority to lecture the U.S. Supreme Court? I wish you could see the face of the woman who asked him the question here, the reporter for WTOP, because she looks, she has a very pained expression on her face. She can't believe she's sitting in the studio with this monster who, by the way, was a pediatrician by trade before he became a politician.
And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So a discussion would ensue while the baby is suffocating? So I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, But again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the the mothers and their providers. And and this is why, Julie, that legislators, most of whom are men, by the way, shouldn't be telling a woman what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body. And do you think multiple physicians should have to weigh in as is currently required? She's trying to lift that requirement. Well, I think it's always good to get uh, a second opinion and for for at least two providers to be involved in that decision because these decisions shouldn't be taken lightly and mm-hmm. and so you know I, w- I would certainly support more than one provider all right let's uh, go back to the phones now unbelievable now when it came out that ralph northam did the blackface in the clan hood picture in his uh, medical school yearbook Joe Biden said, oh, he's a racist. He's got to resign. But now Joe Biden calls him my buddy. My buddy. Because he refused to resign, don't you know? Just so you know. Just so you know. Now, what has Biden been up to lately? What has Biden been saying lately? What did Biden say yesterday? If you watch the news recently, you might think the shelves in all our stores are empty across the country, that uh, parents won't be able to get presents for their children on holidays this holiday season. But here's the deal. For the vast majority of the country, that's not what's happening. Oh, okay. Who are you going to believe? Me or your lying eyes, huh? And what else did dad Dementia Joe had to say yesterday. Step back and take stock of where our economy is. Wages are up. Uh, Real inflation-adjusted wages are down. So you're lying on that one. What else is Dementia Joe saying yesterday? Can't promise that every person will get every gift they want on time. Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. But there are items every year that sell out that are hard to find. Some of you moms and dads may remember Cabbage Patch Kids back in the 80s or Beanie Babies in the 90s or other toys that have run out at Christmas time in past years when there was no supply chain problem. He's reading a uh, teleprompter. He has no idea what he's talking about. And um, when's the last time you heard a president have to address uh, a supply chain problem? This is not one of those things that happens every year, like uh, Noah tracking Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. And what else we got here? I've used every tool available to address the price increases, and it's working. Nope. Prices are rising at the fastest pace in 31 years. Nothing's working. Prices are going up because you want them going up. Well, you don't know what's going on. Your handlers want it going up. They're communists. They're trying to destroy the middle class. You probably don't understand that because you don't, you don't, there's nothing left between the ears with this guy. All right, um, the Build Back Better agenda, what is he lying about now? The fact is the Build Back Better plan is fiscally responsible. It's the first major piece of legislation in more than a decade that is not only fully paid for, 
but will generate more than $100 billion in deficit reduction. Okay, these lies have been repeatedly debunked. Biden's socialist plan will add $367 billion to the deficit. But again, all he knows is he just has to roll out there and read the teleprompter. That's it. Just roll out there and read the teleprompter. He doesn't care. He's been corrupt all his life. The dementia hasn't changed that. So at the end of his speech, a reporter yells out this. What happened to your promise to shut down the virus? And Biden just smirks and waves his hand and walks off. Perhaps, just in case, you need a reminder. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm like, Yeah, but you didn't. I'm going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. Lies. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to- Lies. Shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. Lies. All lies. He may not have known their lies because he's... You know, he's mentally gone, but his handlers knew. His handlers knew. All right, let's give you some Fauci. Let's do some Fauci here. What about in terms of the mandate? You have a vaccine mandate. Right. Uh, at what point does the booster become part of the mandate? Yeah, I can't answer that right now, but I know that for the time being, the official definition of fully vaccinated is two. But do you see that changing? We keep having these variants. It, it, We're it, concerned about them. It could change. It, it could change. It could change. Who knows? It's not about science. Clearly not about science. So, minutes after lecturing Americans on wearing masks in indoor congregate settings, Fauci violates Biden's mask mandate. Have to let Dr. Fauci go. I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. I appreciate it. Woman, Not additional details, but uh, they're going to be doing a press conference in California where they may have additional. So, Fauci is walking away from the podium as Jin Saki's walking up to it. Fauci's not wearing a mask after lecturing the rest of us about wearing masks indoors, whether we're vaccinated or not. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... This is a joke. Oh, wait. Janet Yellen, Biden's Secretary of the Treasury, admits Biden's $1.9 trillion boondoggle led to inflation? How's that possible? Because uh, Biden and Saki and everybody told us it was all paid for and it would uh, bring costs down. Did it create inflation? Did did $2 trillion of deficit spending create inflation? It did boost demand, and that is one of several factors that are involved in inflation. So she admits it. Boy, she's just weird. She just has a weird voice. Reporter asks Saki about Biden's promise to shut down the virus. Whatever happened to President Biden's promise to shut down the virus? We're working on it, Peter. Not too hard. 
Not too hard. Uh, let's see, Peter Ducey again with uh, with Fauci. I don't know if I played this yesterday or not, but even if I did, you deserve to hear it again. Do you think like, there's something to do to test these people somewhere else? There, no, there, there, is, there is testing at the border under certain circumstances, as you know. Hmm. Bill Malugan um, with Fox at the border says there is no mass COVID testing of illegal immigrants at the border by the federal government. When they're encountered in the field, they're given masks and crammed into buses for processing. Only those showing obvious symptoms are tested. Uh, some non-governmentalist organizations test after Border Patrol releases them. Wow. Wow. Okay, now, have you heard what Biden's climates are? John Kerry, I fought in Vietnam, has said about uh, coal plants. Uh, and, and that's where we are. We have to be doing everything faster. We have to be uh, phasing out coal plants five times faster than we are. We Translation, he wants poor people to freeze. Phasing out coal plants five times faster? Replaced with what? You want poor people to freeze. It's becoming much more expensive to heat your home in the wintertime. That's not accidental. That's on purpose. Wait, NBC News did a random act of journalism on truck drivers and the lack thereof and how that's affecting the Biden supply chain crisis on Americans this Christmas season? It goes something like this. If you're waiting for something to arrive that you bought online, there's a good chance it's sitting parked in a container right here at the Union Pacific Terminal in Joliet, Illinois, just outside Chicago. So, but locomotive engineer Tom Moses says it's not because his trains are late. It's because the other processes would have us to have to slow down or pick up because we're always ready. So for you to get there on time, you need the other pieces to be working. Exactly. Luke Slauson, who runs operations here, gave us a tour to explain. Are we looking at more cargo containers in this parking lot than normal? Current state, we're a little bit above average right now. You want to turn a parking spot just like you would turn a table at a restaurant. And are they being turned as fast as possible these days? Not as fast as possible. Union Pacific's Kristen South told us there aren't enough truck drivers or space in warehouses to get cargo out fast enough. Almost 50% of international cargo will hit Chicago on its journey at some point. Huh. Yeah, I wonder what's uh, messing that all up. Vaccine mandates. Uh, paying people to stay home from work, maybe. Uh, you know, it's almost like it's on purpose. So on CNN, <clears throat> Fauci says fully vaccinated Americans with the booster will still need to wear masks. Of course, he doesn't, but, you know, he wants everybody else to. Everyone's been talking about what to do if you're unvaccinated or without a booster. But what should someone who has all three shots do to protect themselves against the Omicron variant? Fauci? Good question. Yeah, good question. We're asking people to go get booster shot. And the question that was just asked is very relevant. 
what you do is exactly what we were saying, and that is to be prudent and careful. And one of the things that's very clear is that you, if you have to be in an indoor congregate setting in which you're unsure of what the vaccination status is of the people around you, wear a mask. All right. Now, he knows masks don't work. And he was just in an indoor congregate setting yesterday in the White House press room, not wearing a mask. But he'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you what to do. Never forget, never forget. I played it yesterday, the audio yesterday. For Dr. Kerry Mullis, the guy who won the Nobel Prize for developing the PCR technique in the first place, he said Fauci knows nothing. But he likes getting on on television cameras and lying about everything. Just so you know. Just so you know. So, Gallup has a new poll out, inflation causing hardship for 45% of U.S. households. Seven in 10 lower-income Americans are experiencing hardship due to Biden inflation. Uh-oh. Wait, wait a minute. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says it's time to retire the word transitory. When it comes to Biden's inflation crisis, have you heard about this? Oh, boy. So can this really be dismissed as a shock that will soon pass? Well, I wouldn't. I, I'm ready to retire the word transitory. Um, I, I can agree that that hasn't been an apt description of what we're dealing with. You know. We had a great economy under Trump until he let Fauci and Burks destroy the best economy in the history of the world. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying. Got a little clip from Tucker last night. The former spokesman for Washington D.C.'s Democrat mayor says Joe Biden led him to switch parties. Here is a Victor Jimenez. The reason I, I switched parties is because of everything that's going on in the country right now. We see, you know, uh, immigration through the roof right now, and that's affecting uh, a lot of Hispanic uh, families in my native, in my home state of Virginia. Um, yes. And those people who are already struggling with, you know, making ends meet. Um, another reason why I left uh, the Democratic Party, it's because of the immigration, immigration issue that, that's going on right now in our country. Yeah. And if you look at the south, southern border, we have people who thousands of people who are you know just waiting there. And I'm not saying we don't have good people trying to come into the country with good yep. intentions, but we also have bad people coming into the country with bad intentions. People with, you know, with illegal guns, with illegal drugs and people who are run, who are running from their law enforcement in their country. So we don't know exactly what they're doing here. Um, and so those reasons and more made me switch um, parties because Biden is completely 
destroying the economy right now, and people can feel it in their pockets and and in their communities with, you know, high, you know, increased violence and increased crime, and and people, especially in the Hispanic community, can feel. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. But um, these guys don't care. The guys pulling Biden's puppet strings don't care. All right, so Biden's COVID czar, a guy named Jeff Zients, on uh, the Morning Joe this morning, MSNBC, says the vaccine mandate for domestic travel is on the table. Yeah, we're not going to go along with it, Jeff. Let me push you a little bit, though. Why the hesitancy to require proof of vaccination for domestic travel? That's something that, especially with the rise of this new variant, we've talked to a number of public health experts, including some who advise the administration, uh, who say that is, in their estimation, the very next step that should be taken uh, to try to prevent further spread. Well, we do, as I talked about, have those tight requirements on the international travel. We have the workplace requirements. Jonathan will continue to look at all options and everything's on the table. Now, remember this uh, new variant. They want you to be terrified about the Omicron variant. Thus far, the only people they're reporting that got it are people already vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Thus far, they're saying the symptoms are of a mild cold. So this brain-dead knucklehead in MSNBC is saying, well, we got this new variant. Uh, Shouldn't you do a vaccine mandate for domestic travel? People might get a mild cold. We can't have that. So, yeah, that's not good. I mean, they're putting it in our face, and they're trying to see how many of us are paying attention. So a reporter has a question for uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Sahe a couple of hours ago about uh, Israel and Iran. See how this goes. When you talk to the Israeli PM, uh, Naftali Bennett, spoke with uh, Lincoln today and suggested Iran nuclear talks should be halted and stressed that Iran is conducting, quote, nuclear blackmail. What's the U.S. response? Is there any consideration of halting the talks at this point? Every country, including, of course, our, our friends in Israel, is entitled to their own point of view. Yeah. Right. Now let's go to a, well, that, no, that's as long as the clip was. I don't know what she said after that. Let's go to um, a longer clip in context of a CNN reporter confronting White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Biden's total failure to shut down the virus as he promised to do more than a year ago. Picture here, um, President Biden has repeatedly promised to shut down this virus. He has talked about wanting to end the pandemic. Is that still possible? Does he still believe that that is possible? Or are we starting to shift now, especially with the rise of this variant, to perhaps accepting that we need to live with COVID for years to come? Well, first, I would say there's a lot we don't know about the variant yet. And that is challenging and frustrating, uh, I understand, for Americans, for all of you. Uh, and we want to give the space and time uh, for the public health officials who are working uh, 24-7 to assess uh, and provide guidance on it. Nope. 
October 30th last year, Joe Biden on Twitter says, I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Really? How? Again, 80 people organized themselves to loot loot a Nordstrom in California. Just one example of a string of smash and grab robberies around the country. But instead of blaming pro-criminal policies enacted by these Democrat-run cities, Jen Psaki just suggested the pandemic caused it. Wow. Oh, this, this is a good one. More, more holding Jen Psaki's feet to the fire, as it were. Metaphorically, metaphorically. When the infrastructure bill passed, you said that one of the things the president would be doing is local TV interviews. Yeah. Um, I think he's only done one so yes. far. Uh, I know that, that the first lady did, did one, I think, more about Christmas yesterday. So yeah. is there a plan for him to, to do that in a real way in the, in the next couple of weeks? I would very much like that to happen. Uh, we are always competing with time on the schedule. I'm going to be honest. His schedule has been quite packed, but. That's a lie. That's a lie. His schedule is not packed. He would like to do it. We're working to get it on the schedule. Um, so I don't have anything to predict or preview for you at this point in time, but hopefully we will be able to add some local interviews in the next couple of weeks. No, she doesn't want to do that either because he can't speak extemporaneously off the cuff. He's got to be reading a teleprompter, and even that's difficult. That's difficult. More from Saki. Why not go further in the direction of, of you know, public health and mandates, given the potential risk and the fact that we're headed into winter? Sure. Well, one, I would say that um, nothing is off the table, um, So, and, uh, including domestic travel. Hmm. Going into uh, the winter, why not just encourage people to take more vitamin D3? Oh, no, no, can't do that because then we can't control you. Because then we can't control you. Here's another one. Uh, He's announced his strong support for passage of the Women's Health Protection Act, urges Congress to pass it. Uh, The Women's Health Protection Act is a bill that removes nearly all restrictions on abortion imposing abortion up until birth. Yeah. Uh, Biden's supply chain crisis. Guess what's in short supply at stores and restaurants? Chicken tenders. Here's the Today Show on NBC doing a random act of journalism. For the Edmonds family in Scottsdale, Arizona, a chicken tender shortage is nothing short of a crisis. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Chicken. Chicken tenders. My kids eat hamburgers, french fries. I have to wrestle them to eat vegetables. When I come home from the store and I don't have chicken tenders, my kids are not happy. And they are definitely not alone. Americans are expected to eat almost 100 pounds of chicken per person this year. The shelves have been empty recently. Restaurants have been out of chicken tenders, and that makes it very difficult when you have kids that have unlimited options. Chicken tenders are the smaller fillet of a whole chicken breast, not to be confused with chicken nuggets, which are... Really? This guy with Today Show is explaining what chicken tenders are. Hey, Brian, did you know what chicken tenders are? Had you heard about that? The guy on the Today Show apparently thinks nobody knows what chicken tenders are. Let's, 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 let's back this up. Here. The shelves have been empty recently. 
restaurants have been out of chicken tenders, and that makes it very difficult when you have kids that have unlimited options. Chicken tenders are the smaller fillet of a whole chicken breast, not to be confused with chicken nuggets. Which wait, wait, you're going too fast for me, Mr. Professor. Wait a minute. The difference between chicken tenders and chicken nuggets? Hold, hold your horses. I can't keep up with this. So chicken tenders are smaller than an actual full chicken breast, but not as small as chicken nuggets? Man, a world of knowledge from the Today Show. They're made of scrap meat from the whole bird. Tenders require more processing to package and sell, which industry experts say is part of the reason why they can be harder to find. And and now more costly when you get them at your local market. Value packs of tenders are currently selling at $3.99 per pound on average. That's nearly a dollar more than a year ago. And it's not just families feeling the impact. Big chains like KFC and A&W are changing their marketing plans to omit tenders from promotions to avoid selling out. At Hattie B's Hot Chicken, an iconic chain headquartered in Nashville, tenders are their most popular menu item. There's no safe harbor in supply chain right now. We see it across the board, but certainly you feel the pain the most uh, in tenders. They can get enough chicken to get by, but not without shelling out top dollar for it. We haven't even passed along uh, any kind of menu price increases this year. If we were pricing along with it, I don't know that folks would still want to pay what it would cost. Chicken tenders in short supply. For some families, a shortage that's laying an egg. Wow. Hattie B's is, is an a iconic chain. I never heard of them. So I just uh, went to the website. Looks good. Looks good. There are actually eight of them. I guess that's a chain. I don't know. Random acts of journalism by today's show. But thank goodness we now know the difference between chicken tenders and chicken nuggets because, you know, who could have, I mean, the, let's see. Let's see if uh, Kamala Harris can lie twice in 10 seconds. And it bears noting this bill is fully paid for and will not raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. Okay. Of course it's not paid for. Is she bright enough to know it's not paid for? I don't know. She's not old enough to have the dementia that the dementia Joe has, but she's just dumb as a stump. And, of course, taxes are going up on people making much less than $400,000 a year. Incredible. Incredible. So... Oh, wait. She got a Democratic Congresswoman, Abigail Spanberger, slamming the Biden administration's bill back better's incomprehensible cost estimates. Really? Really? Let's see what she says here. 
And then it was outrageously sort of incomprehensible dollar amounts. Am I talking about six trillion or three trillion or one point seven five? Right. When at the end of the day, those same people who are stressed out because their kids are about to go back to school and they're worried about COVID and do we put them on the bus or do we drive them or do we have them in aftercare? Or do we not? You know, and oh my goodness, I think prices are kind of creeping up at the grocery store and someone's on television arguing over three trillion or six trillion, like it's kind of a head exploding moment. And I'm not sure if she's supporting what Biden's doing or not supporting what Biden's doing, but it is a head-exploding moment that they want to spend trillions more. Yeah. It sure is. All right, here's an ABC affiliate with consumers complaining about rising prices in uh, Nutley, New Jersey. Can you imagine? For the first time in 35 years, the Dollar Tree is raising the prices on its items from $1 to $1.25 for most products. As you can imagine, it's a move that has customers outside of this store divided. How many years has the Dollar Tree been around? It's sad. I just think it's unfortunate, especially for the elderly who want a fixed income and have to come here or send folks like me out to pick things up for them. And it just makes everything go up. The cost of living is so high. Today, everything is going up. Yeah, it is. Wonder why. I think maybe Biden and his handlers have something to do with it. So a little bit ago, uh, Harris Faulkner over Fox News was a wonderful journalist. Highlights chronic liar Joe Biden's repeatedly debunked stories, and there are a lot of them. Biden again, repeating a debunked story just yesterday. Watch. I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, awesome. uh, And so I know a little bit about driving big trucks. No, that's great. But, um... Anyway, it's, uh, I only did it for part of a summer. Oh. But I got my license to do it. I used to drive a <laughs> tractor trailer. Uh, this is not the first time he's told that story or the first time he's told a tale because the story isn't true. He's got quite a history of it. I know haven't had a house burned down with my wife in it, and she got out safely, God willing. I was vice president, and Secret Service didn't like me traveling on Amtrak because there were too many options for people to cause trouble along the way. But I insisted I do it. One of the senior guys on Amtrak, Angelo Negri, and Ange walks up to me and he goes, Joey, baby, grabs my cheek, and I thought the Secret Service was going to blow his head off. I said, I swear to God, true story. I said, no, no, he's a friend. And he said, big deal, Joey. You know how many miles you travel on Amtrak, Joey? This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. I pinned medals on silver stars on soldiers up in the upper Konar Valley in the middle of a firestorm. This guy climbed down a ravine, carried this guy up on his back under fire, and the general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. None of it's true. None of it's true. He's a uh, prevaricating liar. That's a polite way of putting it, I think. Right? A prevaricating liar. 
By the way, he was in Minnesota earlier this week when he was telling people that he used to drive a tractor trailer. It's just not true. It's been debunked. Wow. Wow. I got another one for you. No, no, no. I never use the word president with this guy. I call him usurper Biden, but not president. I was saying to a couple of younger members of my staff before I came over, about the many times I've been to Israel, I said, and then all of a sudden I realized, God, you're getting old, Biden. <laughs> I have known every, every prime minister well since Golden Meir, including Golden Meir. And in the Six-Day War, I had an opportunity to, uh, she invited me to come over because I was going to be the liaison between she and the Egyptians about the Suez and so on and so forth. That's not true. Six-Day War in 1967, he wasn't going to be a liaison between anybody and anything. Let's, uh, just for grins, just for giggles, I wonder what he was doing in 1967. Let's see. Joe Biden. What was he doing in 1967? Well, he got married in 1966. Um... 1968, he earned his Juris Doctor from uh, Syracuse University School of Law, ranking 76th in his class of 85, after failing a course due to an acknowledged mistake, quote-unquote, when he plagiarized a law review article for a paper he wrote in his first year at law school. So he was in law school at, at uh, Syracuse. He, he wasn't some kind of liaison over in Israel. Just so you know. Just so you know. So I thought I'd play some audio there. What's going on and, and how ridiculous, how ridiculous this administration is. Yeah. Somebody said on the uh, the Podbean app, listening live, gas prices have everything to do with it. Talking about the uh, the supply chain issues. There's no question about that. No question about that. Now remember talking about the um, the desire of the feds to make us get vaccinated. Um, Dr. Harvey Risch with the uh, Yale Medical School, big epidemiologist over there, did an interview this week with the EpochTimes.com. He said, this is Virology 101. Natural immunity was known to the ancients and the Greeks. You can't suddenly say that all human knowledge disappears when you have a vested interest in selling a product. Talking about selling the vaccines. 
Now remember, federal judge ordered the FDA to start releasing information for Pfizer's vaccine trials. Come to find out more than 1,200 people died from the vaccine in the first three months, December 1st, 2020 through February 28th, 2021, and a lot more really bad reactions. And the FDA wanted to keep this confidential for 55 years. See what I'm saying? So um, just thought you should know. Just thought you should know about that. Uh, By the way, LeBron James, fully vaccinated, has COVID. Heard about that? But Kyrie Irving, who's unvaccinated and perfectly healthy, isn't allowed to play. Just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, you might want to go back and read uh, George Orwell's 1984 and George Orwell's uh, Animal Farm. Because he was kind of predicting what's what's coming down on us now. But vaccines have been taken off the market with much fewer deaths than what Pfizer is now admitting. And why am I the only one talking about it? No, I don't know. Some some talk radio host might be talking about. It. I don't have time to listen because I'm. You know, doing show prep for this show and then doing this show. So Glenn Beck might be talking about it. Chris Plant, Dan Bongino, Clay and Buck, Mark Levin. I don't know because I, I, you know. But I don't think the news is talking about it. I don't think Fox News, TV or radio is talking about it. Let's look at this. FDA panel narrowly endorses Merck's COVID pill for emergency use for high-risk adults despite concerning data. Megan Redshaw over at trialsitenews.com. A panel of experts advising the U.S. FDA on Tuesday voted to recommend Merck's experimental antiviral drug used to treat COVID-19 for emergency use authorization Overlooking concerns expressed by experts that data presented by the pharmaceutical giant was biased and inadequate. In a narrow 13 to 10 vote, members of the FDA's Antimicrobial Drugs Advisory Committee recommended the drug called Molnupiravir, MOV, for use in adults with mild to moderate COVID who are at risk for severe disease or hospitalization this recommendation would apply, to, would apply to millions of Americans who are older or have medical conditions like diabetes, obesity, and heart disease. Do you realize? Okay, one more paragraph. Merck's pill is designed to be taken within the first five days of symptom onset and then twice a day for five days. If the FDA authorizes use of the drug, it would be considered the first at-home 
oral antiviral treatment for COVID, even though physicians around the world have been using FDA-approved medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin associated with fewer adverse events to effectively treat the China virus. Do you realize that the median age of people they say have died with COVID is higher than the life expectancy in the United States? Let that sink in. Do you realize that 94% of the deaths they attribute to COVID are people who have more than two and a half other comorbidities? So you can die with lung cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's, but they give you a positive COVID test and say, well, that was a COVID death. They say only 6% of the people who died with COVID actually died from COVID exclusively. Just thought you might want to know that they're doing a number on us. Just thought you might want to know they're pulling the wool over our eyes. Just thought you might want to know they're playing us. They're playing us, including the so-called fact-checkers. All right, New York Post. Robbie Starbuck has the article on George Soros has blood on his hands for the rise in killings nationwide. It says the crime wave sweeping across the country is a direct result of a years-long campaign by George Soros to bankroll the election of far-left district attorneys committed to undermining law and order. Over the past six years or so, Soros has poured tens of millions of dollars into the campaigns of DA candidates from coast to coast, achieving a remarkable degree of success by simply overwhelming all the other candidates. Whereas normal DA candidates typically run on five-figure budgets, Soros-backed DA candidates routinely enjoy seven-figure war chests. Soros is able to do this because federal campaign finance limitations do not apply to local races. Many states have adopted their own laws, capping the amounts that individuals and or political action committees can contribute to candidates. But those laws are often riddled with loopholes. In some cases, the limits only apply to statewide races. In other cases, Soros can circumvent individual contribution limits by funneling money through the PACs is set up for this purpose, which generally go by the ironic name of safety and justice. The reason Soros has spent so much money on races that used to be relatively obscure, local affairs, is straightforward. Just as President Obama seized upon the notion of prosecutorial discretion to grant de facto amnesty to millions of illegal immigrants after failing to get amnesty passed by Congress, Soros recognizes local prosecutors can exercise the same discretion to selectively, selectively enforce laws rather than spending tens of millions of dollars per state on numerous higher-profile races for state lawmakers. He can spend comparatively smaller amounts on DA races, knowing that the outcome will determine how and even whether laws are enforced. The candidate Soros backs, pardon me, the candidates Soros backs are so unapologetically far left, they make Bernie Sanders sound like Richard Nixon. Philadelphia DA Larry Krasner received $1.7 million from Soros, 
Chicago DA Kim Fox, who treated Jussie Smollett with kid gloves after he concocted a wild story about a late-night assault, got a cool $2 million. Kim Gardner, St. Louis Circuit Attorney, who prosecuted the McCluskeys for defending their property, also received backing from Soros. Thanks to Soros, San Francisco's DA is Ch- Chesa Budin, son of weather underground terrorists and convicted murderers who once served as a translator for Venezuela's communist dictator, Hugo Chavez. Once in office, these prosecutors implement policies that are tailor-made to increase crime and reduce public safety. Yeah, they do. That guy in Philadelphia, Krasner, just let somebody go who he should have prosecuted. Uh, by the way, uh, homicides in Philly have more than doubled since Larry Krasner was like the DA in 2017. Yeah. Let somebody know that he, uh, let somebody go that he should have prosecuted. I'll see if I can scroll down and find that one because it was pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious what was going on there. Oh, by the way, did you see the latest from AOC? Alexandria Occasional Cortex? She says, reminder that Brett Kavanaugh still remains credibly accused of sexual assault on multiple accounts with corroborated details, and this year the FBI admitted it never fully investigated, yet the court is letting him decide on whether to legalize forced birth in the U.S. No recusal. So here's the thing. He was never credibly accused, and he should sue her. The great Mark Hemingway, senior writer at Real Clear Investigation, says, reminder that after years of intense media scrutiny, no single independent witness or piece of evidence exists to corroborate the fact Kavanaugh and Blasey Ford ever even met. And the other accusations are more tenuous. That's true. That's true. There's so much, y'all. There's so much. Mark Hemingway also has a story over at Real Clear Investigations. Harvard's lawfare programs are an omen of elections decided not at polls, but in court. I want to take a look at that one. It says, before the Donald Trump-inspired challenges of the 2020 presidential election, Democrats and liberals alleged fraud and formally contested the results of the 2000, 2004, and 2016 Republican won presidential elections. Those earlier challenges spurred the creation of a network of election litigators on the left. What J. Christian Adams, a conservative ex-Justice Department attorney, pitted against them calls a linear build-out of some 30 groups responsible for a lot of sudden changes in election law last year amid the pandemic. For the closely fought 2020 presidential election, 29 largely Democrat-controlled states and D.C. loosened voting laws, most expanding access to mail voting, according to liberal Brennan Center for Justice. In response, after former President Trump's efforts to contest the narrow loss, 19 largely conservative states tightened their voting laws, according to Brennan Center. The latest changes have provoked a wave of litigation overwhelmingly from the left. Now, Harvard Law School... And seeming recognition of the power of this so-called lawfare strategy is gearing up for a future where elections are regularly decided not at the ballot box, but in the courts. 
Two programs at Harvard Law show close ties between the school, Democrat Party, and liberal activist groups with an interest in fighting elections through the judicial system. No question about it. No question about it. There's a lot going on here. A lot going on here. Liberal law professor uh, Jonathan Turley talked about the uh, Rittenhouse situation in NBC where they had a, uh, a staffer chasing the bus with the jurors on it. You remember that? That's what got MSNBC kicked out of the courtroom. It says, during the trial, NBC released a statement that some of us found vague and misleading. Now a police video confirms that the statement was intentionally misleading on a critical question of whether NBC was following jurors. There's unlikely to be any media demands for NBC to address the misleading statement, but the tape shows Judge Schroeder was right to ban MSNBC, which not only followed jurors, but then failed to be open about its own conduct in the controversy. I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Uh, did you know Alec Baldwin is uh, doing an exclusive interview with ABC? I think it's George Stepp on all of us. Now, to set this up, Nick Searcy. Hollywood actor, not quite as famous as Alec Baldwin, but he's been in a lot of movies and TV shows, says Alec Baldwin has narcissistic personality disorder. He has no real emotions. Every single thing he does in his entire life is manipulative. So here is the, uh, the promo for the interview with Alec Baldwin and George Stepp on All of Us. She was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. Even now, I find it hard to believe that. It just doesn't seem it doesn't seem real to me. You haven't said much in public since that tragic accident. Why speak out now? I think the big question, and the one you must have asked yourself a thousand times, how could this have happened? You've described it as a one in a trillion shot, and the gun was in your hand. How do you come to terms with that? It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never. That's not how guns work. The guy's doing the fake tears saying, I didn't pull the trigger. The trigger wasn't pulled. That's not how guns work. If the trigger's not pulled, the gun doesn't fire. Simple as that. Simple as that point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. How do you respond to actors like George Clooney who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock. You felt anger. You felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? You said you're not a victim, but is this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
because I, I, I think back and I think of what could I have done. Alec Baldwin, Unscripted, the newsmaking special event, tomorrow night at 8, 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Unscripted, huh? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Now, let me go back before we get out of here. Let me go back briefly to the fact that 130 Democrats. Wait, it's more than that. 80 Republicans. 80 Republicans joined the Democrats in voting for the vaccine, the National Vaccine Database, all right? 80 Republicans voted with the Democrats. Okay, so let me scroll up here. Get the totals. 130 Republicans voted against it. No Democrats voted against it. 214 Democrats voted for it. 80 Republicans voted for it. The National Vaccine Database. Okay. Now let's talk about that for a minute. Where, what, what could they do with that if it passes the Senate? And I would not be surprised if it does pass the Senate. The great actress Gina Carano says what happens in Australia and Canada are examples of where this leads. This administration is everything they blame the last one of being. When will they have pushed you too far? When will you say enough is enough? You should draw the line before it's at your front door. And she's got a little video in Australia where people are actually being held in camps. They've taken people who have not even tested positive for the China virus, not even symptomatic, and they put them in camps. Canada bans the unvaccinated from plane and train travel. Israel. Israel's domestic intelligence agency has been granted temporary permission to access the phone data of people in the country with confirmed cases of the Omicron variant for contract tracing. Again, Omicron variant, mild cold. Sweden. Get your vaccine passports and a chip in your hand or elsewhere under the skin. It's increasingly popular to insert a chip into the body with different types of data, and now you can insert your COVID certificates in the chip. Italy. People without COVID passports are banned from going to work, not allowed on public transport, not allowed to stay at hotels in Italy. France. They got a video of of police coming around and checking vaccine status of people eating in restaurants. Germany now imposes nationwide lockdown for the unvaccinated. And so you think because we have a red, white, and blue flag, then I get to try it here. 80 Republican members of Congress voted for the National Vaccine Database so they can track your vaccination status, 80 of them, including three of the four out of Arkansas and a whole bunch out of Texas 
and a whole bunch out of uh, California and New York and Illinois. You know, these are our, our big states for uh, people downloading our podcast. Nick Searcy says, everything that is happening in Australia is coming here. It's already happening in California. What will you do? Submit or stand up for your freedom? Just so you know. Just so you know. A wise man once told me, I wish I remembered who it was, work like everything depends on you, pray like everything depends on God. And we got a lot to pray about. A whole lot. So I guess the uh, the bookends of today's show are starting off with the fact that the FDA was trying to help Pfizer hide the fact that over 1,200 people died from its vaccine in the first three months of the trial, December, January, and February. And 80 Republican members of the U.S. House joining with the 214 Democrats who voted for the national vaccine database including for our listeners in Arkansas, French Hill, who has a Republican primary opponent, Colonel Conrad Reynolds. If you want to uh, contribute to Colonel Reynolds, you go to electconrad.com. And Bruce Westerman, representing Southern and Western Arkansas, who does not yet have a primary opponent, but he sure should. Now, before I get out of here... I just have to share with you one more time the best kept secret in American healthcare. Okay, let me ask you something. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain or back pain? Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? If the answer to any of these is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and my neck pain and my back pain. How's it work? Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column could get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It could affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines and neck pain and back pain. Do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Surgical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, if you're outside Central Arkansas, it's easy. Just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on Find a Doctor to find a doctor who's close to where you are who can adjust your atlas. These folks have helped me, my wife, and so many people that we know. Find out if they can help you. Go to TurnMyPowerOn.com and click on Find a Doctor. You will be glad that you did. All right, fantastic. We got through another one. You've been listening to Episode 37 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. 
If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the 10th. Well, that's the way it is. Thursday, December 2nd, 2021.